Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Sarah Osmer, Chief Marketing Officer, and Victoria Voorhees, Director of Marketing Communications for Skin Spirit. All right, welcome everybody. This is Alex Tiersch. Welcome to another edition of Medical Spa Insider. Today on the AmSpa Hotline, we have... Um, we're very, very lucky to have Victoria Voorhees and Sarah Osmer of Skin Spirit. Victoria is the Director of Marketing Communications, and Sarah Osmer is the Chief Marketing Officer. Um, for those of you who don't know Skin Spirit, we, we have done um, at least one or, or a couple podcasts with with the, the founder and owner, Lynn Hubline. It's an amazing brand. Uh, it's one of the, the fastest growing and, and, and biggest med spa chains in the country, focused primarily on the, on the West Coast, but certainly they've, they're, they're, they're expanding. We are um, incredibly lucky and honored to have kind of their the the their their marketing team, the kind of the 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 central hub of their marketing and PR team here to talk all things marketing and PR. Victoria, Sarah, uh, welcome. I appreciate you all coming. It's it's a it's a real honor to have you. How, how are you guys doing? Thanks, Alex. Uh, thrilled to be here. I'm doing fine in rainy Seattle. Yes, thank that's- you, Alex. And I'm down in a uh, very sunny Palo Alto today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Victoria. I mean, Sarah, I heard there's like a upper atmosphere river or something flowing through and dumping oh, seven feet of it rain. It's been a crazy fall with sunny days and warm, gorgeous weather. And then the next day, pouring cats and dogs and power outages. So let's hope that we're good today. I'm sure it'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, at least there's no more forest fires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to have both of you here. I, you know, marketing and, and PR are things that, that, um, that we work on very hard. And I know most people do in this industry. Um, and both of you have had experience and have, have had stints in, in other, other verticals, not just uh, medical aesthetics. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see both of you kind of come over into this, into this industry with such incredible experience. The brands that both of you have worked on um, have, have been incredible. I mean, now that you're working with AmSpot, you can say you're with the best of the best though, obviously. So, um, but I'm curious for both of you because, and, and, and I would love to kind of just start off uh, and Sarah, we'll start with you and then Victoria head over to you. I would love to get um, just, you know, just give me your a 30 second snapshot of your background and, 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 and where you came from and some of those brands. Cause I think people are going to be really excited to hear where you've worked for and, and what you've done because it really gives credence to, to what you're doing and what you say. Sure. So again, Sarah Osmer, Chief Marketing Officer at Skin Spirit. And I have, gosh, more than 20 years experience in marketing, primarily on the business side of marketing, driving new categories, driving revenue, uh, launching new products, and then more recently on the more retail, uh, traditional communication side of marketing. Started out in toys down in San Francisco, um, which was incredibly fun, working on girls' 
activity toys. So I did a lot of work on hair play, believe it or not. Then I moved to Starbucks. I was part of Starbucks Coffee Company for 10 years. I launched everything from Chantico. If you happen to know that, thank you very much. Everything to leading the Frappuccino department. And then finally, probably the best thing I've ever done, which is work on health and wellness for uh, Starbucks and launched kind of a new campaign to clean up our um, our ingredients list, uh, lower our calories, and put bananas on the counter in every single uh, location. Then just more recently, I've been at T-Mobile. There I was the VP of anything from accessories to uh, store development, to retail, to go to market. So there I had an incredibly uh, broad and exciting career there. Um, and then finally leading the $25 billion category of postpaid wireless. Um, and now I find myself at Skin Spirit. So feel That's lucky awesome. to do that. And I get to work with Victoria every single day. That's awesome. I, I just, I, I would just want to be able to say that I um, headed up Frappuccino. That's kind of, uh, that would be about all I would need to say to, to make my career, I think. Yeah. Um, it is one product that makes everybody very happy. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, and Victoria, you've had a, a similarly um, long and distinguished list of brands that you've worked for. I, of course, zeroed in on Sierra Nevada, which is my favorite beer, and I, I drink a lot of it more than I'd like to admit. But um, talk a little bit about um, about your background so, so folks know where you came from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, at Skin Spirit, I'm the director of marketing communications, um, and like Sarah, I've been I've been doing this for uh, 20 plus years, which is kind of scary to think about. Um, uh, but I began my career down in LA, pretty much right out of college. Um, I was lucky enough to land a gig with New Line Cinema, um, now called Warner Brothers, and immediately jumped in working on massive films like The Lord of the Rings and completely fell in love with storytelling and the power of marketing and storytelling combined. Um, from New Line, I pivoted to uh, agency life and worked at several really fantastic uh, global PR firms um, in New York, Boston, and San Francisco, which is where I finally landed. Um, spearheading campaigns for just a, an awesome variety of consumer brands. Um, uh, Fitbit, Toyota, your favorite, Sierra Nevada, um, Whole Foods Market, uh, had an amazing um, three or four years representing the state of Hawaii. That's not a bad gig, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> Simon Malls, so all the wonderful premium outlets out there. Um, and then, you know, folks like Credit Karma, Honeywell, Maybelline, um, a really great list of brands. And um, I had the pleasure of leading integrated campaigns. So campaigns that covered off not only on media relations, but also influencer relations and social media as well. Um, and bringing all those uh, tiers together, um, and which is pretty much what I do at Skin Spirit. And it's just a pleasure to be in this industry and working with the phenomenal team that we have here. Um, Sarah, as our, as our champion and lead, um, I feel like we are in a uh, a great position um, to to continue our expansion, and it's been a, a, a great first two years for me here at Skin Spirit. That's awesome. No, I mean, um, I, I have to tell you, and, and I'm, I'm biased. I, I love Skin Spirit. I love the brand that you've built. I think what you guys have been doing is amazing. I love all the, the people that work there that I've met so far have been been phenomenal too. Um, I do want to talk about um, 
get into kind of, you know, marketing PR because it's, it's, it's something that a lot of folks in our business who are providers, right? They're, they're medical providers. They oftentimes don't know all that much about the specifics of it. They don't, they haven't had the experience you've had. And, and, and many times they're just kind of winging it on their, um, on their own. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious though, just, just to start off given, um, Sarah, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, given your various, um, different experiences in other, in other verticals, um, what do you see? And, and both of you are relatively new to the aesthetic space, I should say. Um, what do you see in aesthetics and, and non-invasive aesthetics and med spas that's either um, different or, or, or even the same? I mean, what, what are your initial thoughts and impressions on, on, on aesthetics? Yeah. Well, I remember when I first started here at Skin Spirit, which was, you're right, 10 months ago, uh, the question I got asked most often, which is, how did you get here? You know, from coffee to wireless to toys to aesthetics, like it doesn't make sense. And it's interesting, Alex, because to me, it made perfect sense. Because at the core, each of the brands that I've been fortunate to be part of have a human connection at their core. It's really about making connections, whether it's through coffee, whether it's through your phone, whether it's through a toy, or whether it's through your aesthetics and experience, it's all about a human connection. So for me, that was incredibly familiar. The second piece that really um, kind of made the links strong for me is that each of the brands more recently that I've worked on all have a retail presence. So whether it's a service-based business or a transactional retail business, it really is that moment where you get to walk in and have this immersive experience. So those I'd say are really the commonalities. Here are the differences. I have never worked on a, in an industry that is so um, competitively fragmented. Mm. You know, everything from a dentist office to a dermatology practice to a to a plastic surgeon to a day spa to a med spa are all kind of in this space using similar language about the services they provide. And I will tell you, it makes it more challenging. It makes it a great challenge to be candid, but the fact that it is so fragmented um, uh, is, is such a difference. I'll give you an example. Yeah. At T-Mobile, uh, let's just face it, 10 years ago, T-Mobile was failing. We almost were bought by AT&T. The dominant leaders, Verizon and AT&T, everybody knows who they are. Their playbook is displayed for everyone to see. You can see their ads on TV. You know that the offers that they're running, and then there's a clear one and two. So for me as a marketer, me as a, as a product lead, you can really come up with a strategy to win, to win the hearts and minds of potential consumers. Well, in this industry, every single city, every single neighborhood has a different competitive set, a different opportunity to, you know, how you show up to consumers. And so from that standpoint, it does mean one has to be incredibly nimble, um, not locked into something so voraciously um, to say it'll work in one city and it won't work in another. But what I will tell you is the absolute commonality is that um, stay true to who you are. Um, if your brand is solid in who you are as a company and what are those pillars, those key points of differentiation, stay true to that no matter what happens competitively. Um, and you'll end up again, having new clients flock to you because you're showing up authentically. 
and 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 and, and I, I just want to say real quick when you said um be true to yourself and your and, and the pillars of of your business what do you mean by that are you talking about like things like um just what your point of difference is what your value adds are or or, or give an example of what you're talking about yeah, we, exactly. It's a, what you said. Plus, it's really your brand strategy. Okay. And oftentimes brand is is people confuse it with what are the looks and colors? Um, what are the words on my Web page? Brand strategy is really about how you're connecting with your clients or how you're connecting with potential clients, um, what your point of difference is, um, how you are showing up in the marketplace. Are you a premium player? And then how does that show up in everything that you do? And I think that is is incredibly important. And as you you know, you mentioned Lynn Hubline, our CEO and founder. She has created an anchor and a vision for this company that is so solid. Um, I feel privileged to be able to come in as the marketer and be able to you know really leverage her strengths. Um, and expand even further for Skin Spirit. And on that note, that takes me to probably my other difference. Um, I have never worked in a category where 96% of the time I'm working with other women. Uh, let's just say the wireless industry, not female dominated. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, the leadership teams that I'm working with, um, all the leaders of each of our um, clinics, uh, the people whom we serve in those clinics, um, I have never worked with so many women. And I'll say it's been fantastic. Nothing against the men I worked with, but it is. It's a highly collaborative, um, inquisitive, empathetic, hard-charging um, group of, of women whom I get to work with every single day. That's, um, I mean, you, you, you made a lot of points there, and I, and I, I want to get into to some of them. Um, um, and, and we'll start, Victoria, I, I, I want to ask you as well, because uh, it's it's absolutely true what Sarah's saying, that, that this is an industry that is, like, all of the the, the biggest brands that, that and, and my favorite brands are all, I mean, dominated by women, and and um, which 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 I think is, is refreshing in, in our marketplace. But um, you've, you're in kind of a different field when it comes to communications, and communications and, and PR and marketing mean kind of different things. Um, I'm, I'm curious um, what what your thoughts are coming from some of the big brands that you work for that are very, very different. Um, what are some of the challenges you see coming into aesthetics? Um, and, and off of that, I do want to get into kind of the fundamental differences between marketing, PR, and communications, if, 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 if there is some of there, because I, I know that they mean different things to different people, and, and, and sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, in communications, I would say that the biggest difference in our industry is actually my favorite thing that I get to play with, and that is the um, the diehard focus on the practitioner. So our practitioners are at the heart of our business. Um, they're at the heart of our industry. And so I really get to, to play the most with them, and that's very different from other industries that I've worked in. Um, so, you know, in marketing, we always talk about RTBs or reasons to believe Leave, right? Which is basically um, what are the reasons or proof points that a consumer uh, might trust us. But in medical aesthetics, 
our practitioners are the RTBs. They're these wonderful living embodiments of our brands. Um, and at the end of the day, they're the ones that media trusts. They're the ones that media quotes. Um, they're the ones that influencers connect with and want to work with. And really, they're the ones that our clients are falling in love with. Uh -huh. um, and so it's all about those practitioners. Um, they are quite literally delivering on our brand every single day for us. And that's very unusual. Um, you know, I have this just huge roster of experts at Skin Spirit that I get to tap and work with. And, um, you know, as an example, in other industries, uh, a brand might just have a handful of folks that they put in media facing or external facing roles, right? Um, we call that a speaker's bench, like a, like a sports team might have uh -huh. their bench of athletes. We have a speaker's bench. Um, and the bench always includes the, the folks you'd expect, you know, the founders and some executives and probably some subject matter experts um, at a place like Sierra Nevada. It was our brewmaster. <laughs> but nice. we have um, in, you know, at a place like Skin Spirit, my bench is as large as our practitioner headcount just about, which is uh -huh. um, really phenomenal. And um it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity for me. It's actually one of the huge reasons I came over to, spin, to Skin Spirit when I realized, wow, I, I, I get to help craft all of these stories and spotlight all of these amazingly talented um, you know, team members to media and to influencers. I mean, that, that never, ever gets old. That's a huge um, strength, I think, and a huge difference that we have. So, so one thing that you mentioned, and, and, and Sarah, you kind of touched on this as well, and, and this is, I think, a real strength of our industry, but it's also something that I have conversations with folks all the time that are very worried about, which is that you have this, it's a fragmented industry, many different providers, uh, people are oftentimes drawn to the provider as opposed to the brand itself, right? So, um, and, and what 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 I had, and I just had this conversation just just yesterday with somebody, is that that the challenge being how do you market the brand Skin Spirit, um, and, and develop that brand itself when when really what you're doing is 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 highlighting and marketing the different personalities and the providers that are part of the brand because really you know people go to oftentimes go to see a specific provider because they like that provider they like the way that they they do that their work um so so that's one thing is is, is how, how do you determine that focus um and then the other question is the balance between um marketing and promoting an individual provider um, with the concern that people have, oh, that provider is going to get so big and they're just going to leave and go somewhere else. I hear that all the time. I, so there's, there's concern about putting them on your Instagram, on marketing, because you think they're just going to get up and they're going to leave. So, so Sarah, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts and, and, and Victoria, just, just jump in whenever uh, as, to, as, as to how you'd make that balance and, 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 and what the solution is there. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, we spend probably 90% of our time, if not more, focusing on promoting and, and capitalizing on the Skin Spirit brand. Our job as a marketing team is to make sure that Skin Spirit is very well defined, stands for premium aesthetic services, stands for you know really customizing um, our services to meet your needs as a client, and that you know, we really are inviting and opening an, an authentic place for you to be. 
That is what's most important for us as a marketing team. And you're right, Alex, I get asked every single day, hey, Sarah, we have a new provider at this clinic. Will you come up with a whole marketing plan for that provider? And I say, you know, I my job is to is to really attract new clients to your clinic. You can decide which provider they go to there. Um, it is an interesting model, though, because uh, I'll tell you a story that David Yance most recently told me, and he's the president of, of Skin Spirit. And he told me a story about, oh, gosh, let's just call it 10, you know, eight to 10 years ago when Instagram was really starting to come alive. And it became clear that Instagram um, or platforms like Instagram would be a great place to showcase aesthetic services before and afters, the talent and expertise. And it was a discussion at the time of, wow, wait a minute, is Skin Spirit that brand that only shows up in a corporate account? Or do we allow our practitioners to really have a voice, allow his, her, or their um, expertise and their personality to really shine through? And it was a it was a big discussion at the time. You can imagine um, how kind of critical that is from a communications perspective, et cetera, because you really end up having to trust um, your people to one, even no matter how big they grow, um, the loyalty they have to Skin Spirit is as much as our loyalty to them and that they'll stay. And that the sum of all those parts actually is greater than a single Skin Spirit corporate account. And I think, you know, I was talking to David about last week, that single decision has actually been part of the secret, you know, the, the success of Skin Spirit. And it's no secret. You can follow any of our practitioners, any of our estheticians, any of our body experts um, on, on Instagram because they really do have those unique stories. And we encourage it because it's important for them to show up to their clients and potential clients um, so that they can identify. Um, so I'd say, if anything, we spend all of our time on Skin Spirit, but yet we do do a lot of work to support them um, in their social media efforts. And Victoria spends, spends a lot of her time on that and, and probably can explain that more. No, thank goodness for that decision, right? Thank goodness yeah. that we, we went that way, as Sarah said. Um, it's absolutely um, awesome to watch our practitioners spread their wings on social media, find their voice, find what works for them. Uh, we, we fully support them in that. We, we provide them with a ton of, um, you know, training and assistance and, um, you know, whatever we can provide them with um, on our side. And I think that we all subscribe to this high tide lifts all boats um, model of, of business when it comes to this, you know, when, when their work shines, it helps us shine. Um, and we are so tightly knit. They're so tightly knit to our brand and, and us to them. I think it, it does work out. And, um, you know, as the corporate marketing team, as Sarah said, we keep our focus on the brand and setting these, um, you know, high water marks for people and these guardrails for people to, to stay, um, to stay within, but also to achieve up to. And I think that that's, uh, that's served us well. I think in that way, we can kind of navigate the fine line between brand voice and practitioner voice, especially on our social channels where it's mixed. You know, we do uh, post from the brand as well as share practitioner stories and before and afters and their work. So 
we we really have to strike that balance every single day, um, especially on social. Well, and do you do, do you have um, multiple kind of strategies for each of your different clinics based upon where they are? And are there are there are there marketing? Does each clinic have their own kind of internal marketing director, or is it all led from from central? Because as we see people expand and grow, we're, we're going to more and more we're going to get questions about this. So I'm curious how you do it uh, as as far as um, uh, delegation of of tasks and and marketing different different locations. Yeah, Alex, you are asking the question we ask ourselves every single day. Is what we're doing today as a marketing team able to scale with the rapid growth that Skin Spirit has on the horizon? And so that question has led us to actually creating really smart playbooks. We have a marketing playbook that is universal, that could work for any new clinic um, that we're launching or any existing clinic, two separate playbooks based on where they are in their life cycle. And then from there, we do a quick dip in analyzing a city. So let's say that we were coming to Seattle for the first time ever. We'd scan who the competitive, we'd scan competitive set. We'd scan um, who the consumers are, you know, where the trends are. How is aesthetic talked aesthetic services talked about, or is it still something that people deny that they're even getting, you know, a facial? Um, we really do that work. And then from there, we already have a tried and true pay- playbook that then we can easily modify. You know, let's say that Instagram isn't that big in Seattle. Well, let's certainly not invest a lot of our media dollars into Instagram. Let's move it over to Facebook. And so having that, you know, ready to go, tried and true, proven uh, playbook, then as a team, and, and we're a small team, allows us to easily pivot and customize. Um, so I, I think that's the best way we've started to approach it and, and it's helped us because what happens is we're able to scale more quickly. We all understand the rules we have to play. And I think the results that we're having in market are stronger and better. Hey folks, it's Alex Tiersch and I wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to the sponsors of this podcast, our friends at TouchMD. What if I told you there was a luxury software in the market that is often referred to as the Tesla of software that immediately brings a lasting impression on every impatient that engages with the platform? What if there is a streamlined way to utilize relevant and meaningful content that helps patients feel more confident and comfortable before, during, and after their consultation? What if you had a digital, in-practice marketing kiosk that allowed patients to self-serve content they're interested in while they're waiting in the consult room all while giving you the ability to track exactly what content they've been engaging with. And what if there was an easy way to capture, manage, and showcase your photos? You can do all of this with TouchMD, plus so much more. TouchMD is dedicated to perfecting the aesthetic consultation experience using various apps that are branded and tailored to your practice. TouchMD also integrates with over 30 different EMR and practice management systems. Go to touchmd.com forward slash AMSPA to receive an exclusive discount and see why thousands of practices trust and love TouchMD. That is touchmd.com forward slash AMSPA. Thanks so much. Victoria, I, one thing I, that I, when we were we chatting ahead of time, and, and, and I think this is a, a, a good question, is that you're more more involved, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, in in kind of the PR slash communication side. Um, but but as I mentioned earlier, the, 
what's the difference? Like talk about when people talk about PR and marketing, um, there's not a lot of PR that folks do, at least amongst the, the smaller kind of single owner um, med spas. You, you have to get to the, to, to, to the larger ones like Skin Spirit before you start seeing that. What is the benefit of PR? How is it different from marketing? And, and how could uh, a smaller med spa benefit from it? Yeah, those are those are great questions. So, um, you know, it's kind of like a joke in in PR. If you work in PR, your family will never understand what you do for a living. Like to this day, and I've been doing this for my kids' entire lives. Uh, they're like, well, "Oh, you do that? What do you What do you do?" They just no one really knows. Um, so. Um, you know, PR, uh, I guess let's start with that. So PR is um, public relations. Mm -hmm. And so it's really one of the many channels within the bigger marketing umbrella um, of all the different tactics you could use in uh, in marketing. Um, PR really focuses on communicating outward to the public, right? And so that's kind of where public relations comes from. Um, and in PR, we always are focused on our owned channels. So things like our website, our uh, social media presence. And then we're also focused on our earned channels. So where can we earn um, coverage? So uh, media coverage, uh, influencer coverage. So, so when you think of PR, think of owned and earned primarily, whereas some of the other marketing tactics would be on the uh, paid side perhaps as well. Um, and think about, you know, how you're, you're communicating your brand value outward. Um, so I think the most um, kind of uh, important thing for, for folks to keep in mind when they're thinking about whether or not they want to um, engage in any sort of PR is that it really kind of sits at the very top of the marketing funnel, which is awareness. So it's really good at generating overall big brand awareness. Um, and, and, you know, uh, the strength of communications is that it's very authentic. So there's something really powerful um, about seeing your favorite influencer post that they've gotten a treatment at Skin Spirit or reading in a local magazine um, that they recommend a Skin Spirit. So it's this very... Um, you know, authentic way to build overall brand awareness. So if you're looking for that in your market, I think that, um, you know, playing in the, in the PR and in the communication space is probably a, a wise idea. Um, you know, and it, and it, it definitely starts with figuring out, um, what, what do you want to say? <laughs> right. You know, what is it that you want to communicate? So to go back to how Sarah started us off today, which is this idea of be true to yourself, you know, who are you? What is your value proposition? What is your differentiator in the market? Um, you really have to begin with that, you know, figure out what it is that you want to say to media and to influencers in your market. And then you have to align that with the right media person, with the right influencer. Um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not going to be a, every message isn't a great fit for everyone, you know? And so I think it's really important to, to be conscious of sort of customizing your messaging to your audience. So I think we, we all understand social media and how social media influencers work. You know, when you are crafting a pitch to an influencer, it's really important that your influencer is aligned with your brand and that the treatment that you're pitching your 
your influencer on is aligned with your influencer's brand. So, um, you know, you want to make sure that the influencer you're bringing in to do Botox wants to talk about injectables publicly on their channel and is excited to do that with you and, and will even share that sort of information. Um, so start by thinking about your message. Secondly, think about uh, who you want to deliver that message for you and then kind of bring the two together to, to start some of these sorts of campaigns. Well, it's interesting because you, you 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 include, and this just shows you my my ignorance when it comes to business, um, at least the the proper terms. I mean, I always thought of PR as, you know, that's a you know issuing a press release and getting into magazines or getting on the news. But but it makes sense that that is also social media. It's it's your website because it's it's all outward facing. It's the public. Um, I always kind of considered marketing and PR like okay, marketing is you know your website, but but I. I um, Interesting that you say that. And, and and you also mentioned working with, with influencers. I, I would love to hear uh, both of your takes on this because you've, you, you've both been in the, working in, in kind of marketing for, um, you know, 15, 20 plus years. You know, influencers weren't even a thing that, that long ago. And it's just, it's, it's completely changed the way that um, that brands can compete with each other. And you can have uh, a small individual in- injector with one chair, no overhead, down the street with an iPhone and 50,000 followers that can compete with anybody. I mean, how has that changed the landscape for for, for marketing and for PR individually um, for in, in, in your career? It's got to be a totally different thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, it's just... Um, it's, it's a totally different world. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because it's been there, um, since I've been a marketer. So, um, I remember joining new line and starting work on the Lord of the Rings. And I remember my boss at the time said, the first thing you need to do is connect with the fans. And if you win over the fans before these movies are even released, you're going to have a great opening weekend. And I remember working with the bloggers and like the fanboy sites we used to call them. And Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, that was pre-influencers, but really weren't they influencers just under kind of a different, um, you know, a different way of thinking or, or framing it. So I think that that word of mouth, that authentic word of mouth has always been a facet of marketing. Um, but, boy, it's evolved a ton, Um, you know, and I definitely um, can recall times um, in my career where working with influencers has um, yielded huge results. Sometimes it's yielded no results. Um, Sometimes you think someone's going to just get the word out for you and be fantastic and you get nothing. Um, Sometimes you work with somebody really small um, for zero dollars and they bring in the, the biggest results. You know, it's just you you don't know you have to experiment and try and be willing to to put a toe in the water um and test these things out and i think that um with just the the huge level of interest um in aesthetics in beauty um that exists on social media it's it's just critical for for anybody in our industry to at least put a toe in the water um when it comes to working with influencers um just think of them like clients with just a few more friends <laughs> um, and um you know and kind of treat them accordingly um 
yeah. But yeah. Uh, but it's just a it's a really important part of of our industry. Um, and I think the way we work with influencers reflects on us, and it reflects on the whole industry. So we're always really careful um, to. To, to maintain our, our excellent standards of safety when working with influencers because we want them to go out and share that, hey, this is how a reputable place looks and acts and works and treats you. Um, and anything less should make you suspicious. And so um, I feel very strongly that we have a big role to play in that as well, at, at setting some standards for influencers and for our industry. Um, every time we, we treat an influencer, I try to keep that top of mind for the teams. Yeah. Alex, I'll just add to that. Um, when, when I got here, we were working on our marketing funnel, meaning from awareness to consideration to conversion, um, becoming a client, and then, of course, uh, loyalty and advocacy once they are a client. And we firmly put um, influencers in the awareness category, meaning my the goal of our influencers that Victoria works on um, with them is to get that word out. I'm not looking for them to convert. But when they do, it's a high five because um, that's not the role that they're playing in our marketing funnel. But again, thrilled when that magic secret sauce ends up happening and we actually get a lot of clients because they are so influential and so credible. And what's interesting about what Victoria has established, it's those influencers that not only, you know, sure, they like our brand, but they've become really attached to their provider. And so back to the conversation we were having earlier about like skin spirit brand versus, you know, provider. Um, it's so intertwined. It's so all the same that really it makes our marketing challenges unique, but, or actually I wouldn't even call them a challenge, a marketing opportunity unique. Um, so from that perspective, it's a big win. You've also heard me say this, Alex, just because they say they're an influencer doesn't mean that they're necessarily the right influencer for you right. or could have the influencer. So D Victoria is very discerning. Um, we spend a lot of time vetting whom we bring on um, and we're careful because it's a two-way relationship and they are speaking about your brand. Yeah. So um, be cautious. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. We have uh, at AmSpot, we have lengthy discussions about the folks that that represent us because it can go sideways very quickly. And when it does, it's hard to kind of get that cat back in the room because once once they're representing your brand and if they're out doing things that 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 you don't agree with, it's that's kind of you know the cat's out of the bag. Um, I you know I, I'm I'm curious hearing hearing both of you talk. I mean you're 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 both so knowledgeable um, and 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 you've got so much to bring to the table. That this industry is. Um, and Sarah, you mentioned at the beginning, it's it's fragmented in that there's there's players from all over the place. Um, you know, you've got dentists, you've got plastics, derms, you know, regular doctors, you, NPs and PAs are coming in like crazy. Um, everybody's doing it, um, and but at the same time. Um, it's, there's so much demand for it. If you talk to the folks at Allergan or Galderma, they'll tell you, you know, that the, the demand out there far outweighs and outpaces the number of providers and the, and the stuff that we're actually, the people that are able to do it. Um, I, I'm curious, what, based upon your, you kind of, your, your, you know, one to two year experience at Skin Spirit, it, it, it what do you think the future is of, 
kind of the, 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 the med spa for lack of a better word, is it bigger brands where it becomes more consolidated? So it's more like, um, you know, you've got some of the, 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 the bigger retail stores, or, um, are we going to continue to have these, you know, cause right now it's, you know, 90% are one location, two location, three location at the most. Um, there's hardly any brands like skin spirit. W- where do you think we're going? I, I know it's a loaded question, but I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. And I will say uh, 10 months into the industry. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, Here's my prediction, which is I think those that are consolidating or getting larger will continue on that track um, because we have permission. Skin Spirit has earned the right to go into new markets because we are a um, strong employer. We are a high end um, uh you know, aesthetic service provider and because we we foster and develop deep client loyalty. So because of that, we often get um, asked to come to a market before it's even on our radar. So we are in that fortunate position. And I know we have many competitors who, who are growing at a fast clip as well. So here's what I think will happen um, because of that fragmentation, because 90%, as you said, are, are one-off shops. I think what you'll see is you will see that consolidation, you will see that growth, uh, but you'll also see plenty of room for the the single providers to still have a thriving business. Um, I think for Skin Spirit, what it means, here, I'll give you an example. Uh, We recently opened up Houston. And so when we opened up our Houston clinic in September, I asked my team, hey, can you look at our existing client base and see if we have any clients that now have a zip code in the Houston area? Turned out there were 63 clients in our database today before we had opened up Houston that now had a Houston address. Hmm. Guess what we got to do? You know, we sent him a note and said, guess what? You know, Skin Spirit, you visited us in Seattle or Palo Alto or Southern California. We're now in your neighborhood. Um, And we saw a very high click-through rate of that email. We saw a very high click-through rate of that conversion um, because we had permission to go there. Um, We also take the tack in Skin Spirit, which is really, we want all boats to rise. So for instance, let's take Houston as an example. There were already very... um, you know, strong med spas there. We see it as we're coming in and we're only going to continue to elevate the the products and services that med spas, you know, provide. And I know that Victoria talked earlier about um, uh, safety being of primary concern and the quality of care. Um, we, we're, we're all about that. And so if anything, um, we think that by entering in a market, we're actually growing the opportunity um, uh, uh, when mm-hmm. we when we approach it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the Victoria, what you think. Well, well, <laughs> this is not about me. Um, but I know it's, 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 it's a good question. And, and the truth is, I don't know. I think what's, what's great about this industry is that it's the story is being written, right. You know, and we're part of it. Um, so it's, I think it could go a variety of ways. I I do think there's going to be a lot, there's a, like you said, there is a lot of room for individual practitioners, which I think is really exciting because people can build whatever brand they want. Um, Victoria, I'm curious what you think. I mean, that's gotta be, it's gotta be an exciting industry to be in 
from a storytelling perspective when you can do that. Um, and there's so many different stories to tell. And I'm, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on, on, on the future. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that um, there's such a high level of public interest and media interest, just such a high level. Um, it's, uh, it, I've definitely watched it boom, especially post COVID um, media's interest in the medical side has really grown. Um, and I think the normalization of these conversations has increased. And so I think it's exciting to, to be a part of those conversations. And, um, you know, we're so lucky that we get to add a layer of science and tech and education on top of a very vibrant beauty conversation that's kind of always been out there with media and influencers. Um, so it, it's going to continue. And I think that people's um, comfort level with all the services we offer is gonna continue to increase. And as it does, the, the appetite to read more articles about our space and have influencers um, engage with us in our space is just gonna continue to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think on the flip side, as, as Sarah mentioned, um, because of the fragmentation, um, the, the risk is that the bad actors will get more attention, you know, in with media and with press, there's like a, the, the old saying is, if it bleeds, it leads, uh -huh. <laughs> meaning that the car crash makes the cover of the paper, the, you know, the yeah. worst story makes the cover. So to this day, you know, we see that treatments gone wrong, get the headlines and the wilder the story, the the bigger the viral share, unfortunately, um, lawsuits get headlines. And so uh, when that happens, our collective reputation suffers. And so I think as we grow, um, that's just such an important area for us all to focus on, um, you know, making sure that even though we are a fragmented industry, we're, we're really working together to shore up some of those areas so that um, we can continue to build and, and not let these temporary moments sort of take us back uh, to yeah, I, I I always joke that there's um, there's never the media standing outside saying, "Oh, the the great lip filler treatment was just done perfect proportion," and like, no, it's never. It's always the it's always the bad stuff. Um, so, you know, uh, again, you both of you came in from 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 other um, from other vertical other industries. Um, what are some of the um, what are some of the mistakes that you see are 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 made? Um, in this industry, there's a, there's a, what's, what I've found fascinating about this industry, again, it's a lot of medical providers. There's a fairly low, um, level of, of, of trained business acumen amongst people because they're, they're, they're medical professionals. Um, and there's, but there's also a lot of business owners too. But, um, so a lot of people are kind of learning on the fly, but in some ways, that's good because they learn how to relate to the patients that they, 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 they create a different, they create their own brand. They're, they're not making some of the same mistakes as they don't know any better. But I'm curious when you look at this from 20,000 feet or 50,000 feet, whatever it is, what's your, what's your take on some of the, the things that, that, that people get wrong? Mm. Uh, you've heard me say this before, so I might as well go right there, which is a focus on the short term uh, versus long term gain. And the primarily the way I see that showing up in this industry is through client acquisition and through heavy discounting. 
Um, you're absolutely right. A heavy discount early in the process gets a potential new client in the door. The question then is, how do you keep them? And what I see in this um, industry in talking to med spa owners who, who came to me after I had a chance to speak at your boot camp or with providers is we get them in the door, but we don't keep them. And so we're actually eroding our margins. And over time, it's becoming our norm. We can't get out of the cycle. And what I'd say is it really devalues your brand and devalues your product and expertise. So what I, yeah. I, my word of caution in this industry is to think long and hard about a heavy discount to get someone in the door and where you're discounting um, uh, to get someone in the door because it truly has a, a short-term pop, um, but with you know very few long-term gains. So I do think a smart acquisition strategy is is to get them in the door with you know um, a great deal on on an X, Y, or a Z, whatever it is um, that works for your business. Um, but don't go too deep. You don't, you really don't have to because what you're really trying to do is get that new client attached to your brand and the expertise and the quality of what you deliver. Make that connection between he, she, or they and one of your expert practitioners. And if they believe that you're the best person place in town to go, they don't need a discount. They just want to go to the best. So that's probably the biggest mistake I see because ultimately it's devaluing for the entire industry, the, the really the expertise that we deliver every single day. Yeah, Victoria, I'm curious, like you ever look at a social media post and go, oh my God, what are they doing? Like, like what are some of the, what are some of the things that you see that, that um, others doing or that you've just, you know, seen in the industry that, that make you scratch your head a little bit? Yeah, all the time, Alex. Um, <laughs> social media is a big place and um, some things definitely have me going, gosh, ooh, I don't know. What did you, how did you think the world would receive that <laughs> one? Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, when it comes to PR, um, influencer marketing or social media marketing, I actually think the biggest mistake is people going um, all in way too fast, right? So I've heard really negative stories of, um, you know, of smaller med spas or even um, chains with like two or three locations. They'll hire a PR firm, they'll put them on a year long retainer, and then it just doesn't yield the, the results. The ROI is not there. They're so disappointed. Um, oh man, you know, PR didn't work for us. And to me, it's not that PR didn't work. It's just probably an overinvestment in a channel. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, crawl, walk, and then run. Like, let's see how it goes. See what you can do um, with a PR firm or a contractor on your side um, and then sort of accelerate it. I see the same thing happening on um, the social media side all the time. And it's not just this industry. It's sort of every industry where people get really enthusiastic. They want to start their LinkedIn, their Instagram, their TikTok, and their Facebook all at the same time, not realizing that every single one of those channels is a mouth to feed every mm -hmm. single day and that that takes an incredible amount of bandwidth. Um, 
And when you don't feed those channels every single day, the algorithms punish you for it. And then you have this really negative experience, you know, oh, my Instagram's not working. I can't keep up with it. It's too much. Um, so before you, you do something like opening on five channels, um, maybe just start with Instagram and set some realistic goals. And the number one goal should be consistency. Um, so just take, take it slow, see how things go, um, test and learn, and then build around what's working rather than just putting all your cards into one of these channels and going full steam. Yeah, that's a really good point that um, folks make the mistake on all the time. And, and and Sarah, a lot of our listeners and a lot of the folks that were at our boot camp, which, which you spoke at, as you mentioned, um, are, are are very new. They're startups, or they haven't even they haven't they haven't even opened yet. Um, I, I'm curious when you think of um, kind of selecting your your marketing channels because people I think have I think the way Victoria put it was 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 perfect. It's you 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 feel like you've got to do everything. You've got to be everything to everybody. You've got to hit all the channels. And if you don't, what you're seeing is you turn on Instagram and you see what someone else is doing. You see they're tweeting or they're on they're on TikTok and you just can't and like you're like ah, it's just enough to drive you crazy because you feel, you think everybody's doing everything and you're only doing one thing. How do you? How do you get over that? And, and how many channels or uh, for lack of a better word, should people be focusing on kind of at the beginning and how do you figure out which one to do? Yeah, I think it first starts with how I, I hate to even say this, but how much money do you have to spend? Yeah, yeah. How much of your revenue do you actually want to spend? And if it's a really small amount, then I say, you know, as as Victoria already talked about, you have your own channels that you really can use as a mouthpiece. So your own Instagram, your own website, et cetera, that you can really use to educate, to share who you are, et cetera. You also have, you know, the perimeter around your clinic. We at Skin Spirit still love to, you know, I hate to say it, but hit the pavement. Mm -hmm. Go create relationships with like businesses near you. In Houston, for instance, we're right near a salon that's been in business for 20 years. That salon owner came to us and said, I'd love to partner with you because most of our clientele would love to come to Skin Spirit. There are so many things that one can do that are that don't cost a lot of money. But let's talk about when you have, um, so it's really about time and money. Um, so when you do have some money to spend, Victoria and I talk about this a lot. Um, it is about investing in one channel that your potential client base is where they are already. So go back to the example I gave in Seattle. If we were coming to Seattle and we learned that nobody is on Instagram, please don't invest a bunch into invest into Instagram because the, the potential clients just aren't here. Do one channel really well, consistently post, consistently have your offers, consistently drive people back to your website um, and really work hard on that conversion. You'll get a higher bang for your buck versus is going incredibly wide um, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, so let's we, we've been talking for close to an hour, believe it or not, which is which is amazing. It's flown by. Um, I'm I'm curious, uh, not to make it you know too loaded of a question, but what like what's the what's the most exciting 
part about being in aesthetics kind of in the context of your career with other businesses, you know, and, and as Sarah, you said at the beginning, you know, you get to work with, with women, which I think is, uh, obviously it's, it's a women, female dominated industry, which is great. Um, but Victoria, what's the, when you look back at your career kind of, you know, um, maybe in 20 years and you look back at this time, um, what do you think is, is, is going to be the, 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 the best part of being in aesthetics versus, you know, selling beer or Fitbits or Toyota. <laughs> Apart from a personal love for, for aesthetics, yeah. um, you know, I think that uh, we are actively writing a new narrative and a new dialogue around beauty and confidence and what that means to men and women. And um, I just think that that is such an incredible opportunity and such an incredible moment that we're living in, um, you know, very different from what our industry was like 20 years ago, um, when there were sort of standards of beauty and, um, you know, actual proportions that people wanted to stick to. And it's just not like that anymore. We're seeing younger demographics coming in for different reasons. Um, we're seeing the millennials, um, such a wide diversity of uh, millennials coming in for, for different treatments. It's, um, it's cool to be in an industry where we're, we're creating a new uh, way of thinking about confidence and beauty and appearance and wellness and lifestyle. Uh -huh. And, you know, just like the foods I choose to eat and uh, the car I choose to drive, how I treat my skin, my face, my body is, is a part of that lifestyle now. And that's just, that's so cool to me. I, I absolutely love that and being a part of that. Yeah. yeah go ahead, Alex, I'll piggyback off of exactly what Victoria said. I was thinking as she was speaking, you know, um, coffee, people didn't understand the coffee, you know, what is an espresso? What is a cappuccino? Really until the advent of Pete's coffee and tea and Starbucks in the late seventies, early eighties, wireless service is still a category that is, um, you know, you know, burst onto the scene in the nineties. I feel like right now is the age of aesthetics. It uh -huh. is absolutely bursting onto the scene. And yet Alex Every single day at Skin Spirit, Dr. Visness, who's our, our um, co uh, other co-founder and um, chief medical director, every single day he'll say something and my mind is blown because I would say, even though I've been a longstanding uh, client of Skin Spirits, I'm still relatively no naive to the category. Yeah. And I think that there is so much education still to be had and so many possibilities for people to kind of have the self-care and have the look that they want that they have no idea that exists to them, for them. So I just feel like we are on the ground floor of this experience explosion and skin spirit is perfectly positioned to be able to um, add a real positive message to that narrative. Yeah. I, I, I love the way you put that. Cause you know, when you think of coffee in the eighties versus today or wireless, right. I mean, think of the leaps and bounds it's grown. I mean, it's a, it's almost a, it, it's a totally different industry, but it's still the same basic product just in kind of different ways. So um, exactly. Who knew that you'd know what a double tall non-fat cappuccino would be and that everybody knows what I order. Yeah. Um, but there you go. <laughs> I can't believe I just, I, cause I actually know exactly what you're talking about. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, 
Um, so this is this has been 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 great. I've really enjoyed talking to both of you. You will both be at Medical Spa Show in Vegas, end of January, Win Hotel, um, incredible event. Victoria, you're giving um, a, a talk. There's a bunch of Skin Spirit talks that are going to be going on, and I and I really urge you for those of you who are out there who are either looking to get into the to, to the industry or, or looking to grow your business. Um, I mean, this is the you know you guys are the cream of the crop. So I look forward to to seeing you there. Thank you so much for. Um, for joining us and um you know I, I wish you all the best thank you alex thank you so much for inviting us this has been so much fun thanks, thank Victoria. you alex you're welcome you're welcome i'll see you soon thanks for joining us this week with the american med spa podcast medical spy insider this week founder alex tiersch was joined by sarah osmer Chief Marketing Officer and Victoria Voorhees, Director of Marketing Communications for Skin Spirit. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get MSPA content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.